0: There are some people who think they're Christ's disciples, there are others who are Christ's disciples, and there are those who are not His disciples, which are you on this episode of Inverse.
1: Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse.
0: It's that first category that's a mystery in scripture. People who think they are disciples of Jesus, but Jesus calls them out and says, you are not my disciple. Welcome to Inverse. We're looking at this entire theme of discipleship in the last couple of weeks. And I want to welcome my friends in the studio. We are so happy to be in the studio. We are properly socially distanced. And we have Callie who's streaming from, from afar, but we're so glad that she's <laughs> with us. I'm still as here. Well, uh, Siku, can you pray for us?
1: Sure. Let's pray. Our loving Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to um, meet with you in Scripture. We pray that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher and that as we engage Scripture, that we can draw closer to you and truly be your disciples. We pray these things in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. 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 Uh, let's warm up. we going to go to Philippians 2, Philippians 2, and we'll read some Bible verses. But before you do so, uh, we've been kind of looking at different topics in discipleship, and we've been bouncing around. So Callie, kind of give us a flyby. Uh, what have we covered, and what are some highlights that you remember from from discipleship?
2: Yeah, and the overarching thing we've covered is just the process of discipleship, yeah. so of someone being introduced to Christ and cultivating that relationship. But a highlight for me has been what we talked about, I think it was two episodes ago, about mentorship. Because of how important mentorship is and the roles played in all of our lives and how Jesus really blesses us through mentors. So that's been a highlight for me so
0: mm-hmm, far. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to continue. Uh, maybe this will be another highlight for Callie as well. <laughs> uh, we're going to Philippians <laughs> chapter 2. And we're, Israel, can you read from verse 5 to 11, please?
3: Okay. It says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father.
0: All right, so what's going on? I mean, this is a very profound passage. This is talk, This is high Christology, yes? This is about Jesus. And then the context of it is that people are fighting in the church. So, yeah. pretty common. This is, this is an everyday problem. I don't know how many of you out there go to church and people are fighting. It's a reality. Deal with it. Grow up. It happens in church. And the solution back then is the same solution that it's today. Uh, but, well, I mean, two people are fighting, and here Paul goes into high Christology. Connect the dots for us here. Siku, what's going on?
1: Um, I, if I could point to the verse, you know, where it shows the people fighting in Philippians chapter 4, mm-hmm. verse 2. Okay. Um, Paul writes, he says, I implore Yodia and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, this is at the end of the chapter, but you see that language of the same mind, the mind, the mind, the mm-hmm. mind. So, mm-hmm. In, awesome. in, in bringing about this, I guess, reconciliation between two Christians who are fighting amongst themselves, what Paul points to is this mind, there's a certain mindset that Christians have to have, and that is, I guess, expounded upon in Philippians chapter 2. So, mm-hmm. actually, when it says in verse 5 of chapter 2, going back there, mm-hmm. it says, "...let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, the mind that he's talking about is actually described in the previous verses, which we didn't read. Mm. Yeah. Um, in verses 3 and 4 specifically, um, you have this exp- exposition, I guess, of the kind of mindset. And can I read it? Yep. Like just, okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, you set it up, so yeah okay, right. for what it says. <laughs> Please do. Um, so in verse <laughs>
1: 3, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And mm. then he says, let this mind be mm. in you. And he's saying, this what I'm telling you to do is what Jesus exemplified in his life. Jesus didn't do anything through selfish, selfish amb- ambition or conceit. He was esteeming others better than himself. That one always gets me, that Jesus, who is the creator of all things, mm-hmm. looks at me and he values me more than he values his own life, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then he says, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests and you look uh, interests of others. And you look at Jesus, and he is the embodiment, the personification of these things that he's talking about. So, in being followers of Christ, we're not being asked to do anything that Jesus himself did not already do.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, Paul is not geeking out here mm-hmm. theologically. He's actually providing a very practical solution in talking about this, the almost the ex- extremes or these like just the. The overness, the extraness of God, is the answer to this problem at church. Um, what, what, what is that? What, what is that mind? Like, what, what? I mean, I mean, so, sometimes we get so enamored with the yeah. the glory of it, we kind of lose lose it. If, 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 yeah.
3: The context is found in uh, chapter one. So even going a little bit more f- behind uh, what the study of Philippians this episode. Okay. So uh, <laughs> uh, Philippians chapter one verse twenty nine. It says, "For to you it has been granted." On behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. Mm. And I think this is where the where the context of the whole passage is beginning to set up. So the mind of Christ it is in the mind of Christ to suffer. Like what you just said right now, seek was the first time I actually thought about it. The fact that God thinks of me higher than Himself, and the reason why that's so shocking is because I'm clearly inferior to God. It, there's a difference between God thinking of me higher than Himself and Let's say us thinking of ourselves better than each other because we're equals, and and as as you were talking, it dawns on me that it it takes us it's 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 a it's a difficult experience, an experience that is categorized here by Paul as a an experience of suffering. To be God, not consider it robbery. Not that's not something that you need to really achieve because you already have, and then go on a path on a downward path towards suffering being a servant, becoming obedient, dying, the death of the cross. This is a downward path towards mm-hmm. suffering. And so essentially what Paul is saying is the problems that we face in life today are the result of disciples, people who say who call themselves disciples, disciples of Jesus Christ, but do not adopt that philosophy of suffering, which Jesus Christ adopted. And... It's such a radical thing that Paul is telling us that we need to do. It. Like, like, like you're saying, it's such a huge portrayal of, of God because this is, what's, this is what's necessary because the condition that we're in when we claim to be disciples of Christ, but we're not, we create a serious problem for mm-hmm. Christ and for the church mm-hmm. and for ourselves. Mm-hmm. This, this mindset,
0: this attitude is not just an addendum. It's not an addition. It's kind of a primary mode setting, default setting, that Christians should automatically be in. Uh, Callie.
2: Yeah, so I'm going to um, actually stay in Philippians 2. Okay. Okay. Um, but that passage there, uh, verses versus 5 through 11, thanks, mm-hmm. thanks, um, is this idea that Jesus was so humble in the way he did what he did. So there's that, that suffering and the self-denial, but it was never about like, look at me suffering. Hmm. Look at all this denial that I'm going through. Like all of it was just wrapped in humility and others focused. And, you know, I love Jesus as an example of someone to look to when we're in conflict with someone. Hmm. Because if there's someone who's always right, it's Jesus. (laughs) If there's someone who ever had a reason to blast someone else or put them in their place, it's Jesus. So even if you feel like you're always in the right or this person's doing everything wrong, Jesus knows exactly how that feels and he's a hundred percent right. So this, this mentality is something that we can bring into even the most extreme of conflicts, because even when we have that experience, Jesus is like, I get it, but this is how you walk through it. You walk through it with a humble attitude and one that sees other people as more important than yourself and focusing on them and not on your own self.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, this, this should naturally be not a welcoming message, right? Uh, this, this goes <laughs> against our, our, our nature. Uh, for self to to grow right and so we're talking these these aren't uh, sometimes we think of humility as just another attribute of being a nice Christian be loving Mm -hmm. caring and humble but here Paul really centralizes humility humility and self-denial as kind of this 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 core core thing Um, what's what's been some of your experiences uh, out there uh, where you self-denial is not a positive it's not a oh let me share I want to it's, it's not a it's not a nice thing to share um, have have you had experiences? Do you, do you still need self-denial today? What's going on? Zeke was smirking yeah. a lot, like she wants to share, but she doesn't want to share. <laughs> and then Israel is like staring at me, like he wants to share. <laughs> and then we, we, we want to hear from Callie too, uh, but she, she's freaking me out Let here. Okay, let's start with Israel.
3: Well, if there's anything that this passage does, is that it exposes the fact that I fall in that first category, mm. you know, the, the disciple who is actually a fake disciple. Mm because I I see how much in my life this is not the case, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, The the natural inclination that I have, even after years and years and years of declaring myself as a disciple of Jesus, is so contrary to this. There's so many times Mm -hmm. where something is happening is like, man, you know, that person i'm a little bit above that person you know (laughs) or you know this happens and i'm thinking to myself this is enough suffering i got to put an end to this Mm. right or i've 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 given enough you know i've sacrificed enough for the sake of unity now i need to you know take control or else people are going to trample over me Mm -hmm. and every single time i think about this just like kelly has said there are times when i think i'm fully justified And yet in reality, it's like, well, if you're truly justified, you should be just like Jesus Mm because Jesus is justified all the time Mm -hmm. and he Mm -hmm. still surrenders and he still suffers for the sake of others. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything that this does is that it exposes the hypocrisy Mm -hmm. in my life when I claim myself to be a disciple of Jesus. And yet so many times, this is not my experience. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And especially in this milieu of justice and injustice, and, you're t- and, and Christ is saying, well, you need to suffer. It's it, These are hard, sometimes hard words well, to, to apply. Swallow,
1: yeah. I, I, I'm not going to, for a personal story, but just to comment on what Israel was saying, <laughs> um, <laughs> that you look at Jesus and, and the example that Paul is giving us here in chapter 2 is that he he didn't think it's something he didn't think it's robbery to be considered e- equal with God, because he he was rooted in his identity right. He didn't have to show anybody who he was or whatever because he knew who he was and he didn't have to prove himself to anybody. I guess I'm saying. And then th- what the the verses three and four demonstrate for me is that his actions were um, activated were were motivated by love for others mm-hmm. right. So it wasn't, because I'm God, this is how I need to act. It's like, because I love you, Mm -hmm. this is how I'm going to act. Because you sinned and there's no way for you to come back. Like, uh, his his actions were driven by love, and he wasn't afraid to condescend because he already knew who he was. He wasn't trying to prove himself. All he was thinking was, how do I save humanity, Mm -hmm. right? Like, how do I save this person? And I think when we experience injustices, Things that are attacked is my sense of self, like who am I? Yeah. And then like I, I, I go into defensive mode. Instead of thinking about how do I love somebody else, I'm trying totally. to protect myself. Totally. And that's what this, this I guess, is it. Speaking it,
0: it, to. Yeah. Kelly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when have you been? Oh, well, when we come back to the break, we'll go to Kelly and how she has faced adversity, suffering, and danger, and how she used <laughs> Philippians 2 and a study of Philippians 2 in addressing these issues. Stay with us. back we've been talking uh during the break about some of these, these 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 principles these thoughts are are really resonate for today and not just for society but also for personal and uh this this is this is good we're a discussion in god's word in the verse on in verse. so let's go to callie and uh callie what's been your experience regarding this kenotic theology
2: <laughs> yeah i want to really bring back a point that cq brought up which is super profound and that is the times that we most often are not being humble or being defensive is because we're insecure about who we are. It's an identity problem. And, you know, I've had a lot of exercises in humility, mostly to show me that I'm not as humble as I wish I was. But a lot of them happened, especially when I was a high school English teacher, because there's nothing that brings out your defensiveness as teenagers. And, you know, them asking me certain questions and like the way they ask it, like, how dare you ask me that? But it's, you know, if I'm going to answer, it's almost like the temptations, right? Where Satan tempted Jesus and he's insinuating something. And if Jesus acted out like, of course I'm the son of God. Of course I can make this into bread. Watch me. Like Jesus is like, listen, like I know who I am. And so just to stop. Mm -hmm. And so we need to have that kind of humility, but it comes from being confident in our identity in Christ and that no insinuation, no temptation, no conflict with other people will take that away. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's been really key for me about, I just know Notice that when I'm not being humble and especially when I'm being defensive, it's really just about me and my insecurity and not having that faith in Christ that mm-hmm. He provides for us.
0: Mm-hmm. It's, it's the struggle that ourself tries to be bigger than who we really are and the cool yeah. thing is that God is the biggest entity out there mm-hmm. and Satan is trying to tempt God to be bigger than who he is, to use his divinity for himself and God's like, I don't, I don't really need to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, exactly like <laughs> what you guys, uh, Callie was saying, and Siku was saying, confident in who He is, and that confidence isn't itself. It's based on the reality. He was, it, was, it is not robbery for me to think that I am God. Mm-hmm. So for, for, for we will never encounter those those temptations. Uh, when I'm hungry, I will go eat a Chipotle burrito. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to that soon. Uh, God, he, if, he, if he were to eat a chipotle uh, burrito, that is not sinful for him. But if he were to use his divinity to satiate his own anger, that is using his ability for himself. Uh, that is that is a temptation that we have similarly when we try to use my, my you know, uh, oh, yeah. persuasion or my personality to defend myself. Uh, but I'll never use my supernatural, because I don't have supernatural okay. powers. Uh I, I love what Israel said is that in verse 9 in verse 8 as you, go to, you see his downward progress and, and is being found in the appearance of man he humbled himself became obedient to the point of death and he could have stopped right there because death is that ending point but then he goes to that one step further and says even the death of the not a noble death, not a death he could choose, not a death that's that's awesome, but the death of a cross, which mm-hmm. back then was like the lowest class of like a horrible way to die, a messy way to die, and a, and just a very menial way to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very hard for my natural self to swallow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very 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 difficult.
1: I mean, I, it it makes me think about you know when Jesus talks about when when your enemies mistreat you, mm-hmm. you know the the whole turning the other cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, Thing that, that Jesus said and it's like, oh so how often do I turn the other cheek like when when is it okay to be like stop <laughs> you know um, and Jesus is not talking about being a doormat or just you know yes. taking abuse yes um, but there's there's something to um, not not feeling like you have to defend yourself mm-hmm. in terms of defending your worth and defending like because you have that already fulfilled in Christ mm-hmm. um, and God wants to give us that. God mm-hmm. wants to give us, the ability to die a martyr, those people who are burned at the stake, mm-hmm. because they're like, you know, I don't, you may burn this body, but you know, God can recreate me. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's something more to my existence. And what, when Jesus talks about, you know, um, I, I, I think we're going to go there about how not to be his disciples, right? Like, if you, if you want to follow me, you need to be able to leave all of these things. Like these things become, like Paul calls them, dung. They mm-hmm. become dung to you. Um, and you need to be able to let go of all these things because your worth is found in something else, and that is where that spirit of hum- that 's what enables the humility and humility is married to love because you can 't truly love others unless you realize that you know you you care more about them than you care for for yourself
3: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. oh I love that let's go to uh, Luke 14 to, to, to further talk about what you're saying Siku uh, before you do that you mentioned something in passing that I think sh- should merits some 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 time is we must find our value our self value in in Christ right yeah. but if we if that's placed in ourself we want to defend self and we go out and no me 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 or if we place our value of ourselves in other people we become a doormat we, we see if, if i find my, my value in my spouse my spouse can abuse me, can verbally abuse me, physically abuse me. I mean, whatever, whatever. We don't have that relationship. But if, if, if I place, if I, if I willingly place my value in other person's hands, they can abuse me all they want. And some people think that's Christianity right. yeah. and that's not. Okay. So it's not in another person. It's not in self. It's in the Lord. This is where we're going to in Luke 14. And there's these three phrases I want to go to in verse 26. Verse 26. And, Kelly, um, can you read verse 26 for us? 26, 27, and then go down to verse uh, th- uh, 33. Those three verses 26, 27, 26, and then
2: 33. 27, 33. Okay. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. hmm. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. In mm. verse 33. So likewise... Whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. All
0: right, so you see those three phrases there. You cannot be my disciple. You cannot be my disciple. You cannot be my, 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 <laughs> yeah, my disciple. Uh, another <laughs> another title would be how not to be Christ's disciple, right? So let's 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 hack each one of those. Uh, Israel, the first one there is uh, talking about father and mother. You got to hate m- wife, children, brothers, and sisters. I mean, mm-hmm. that's intense. What's yeah. going
3: on? The first the, and there's something that we also need to note there. in the the very first. Part of that passage is is if if anyone comes to me. Mm. So a lot of times we think that coming to Christ alone qualifies us for discipleship. Mm. And Jesus says, actually, this is not the case. There are many people that will come to Christ and even in coming to Christ will never achieve discipleship. Mm. And what Jesus is saying here is that discipleship is a radical thing. Notice that it doesn't say he won't be my disciple. It says he cannot be my disciple. In other words, this is an impossibility not an improbability but an impossibility coming to jesus christ or being a disciple of jesus requires that we be like him Mm -hmm. that's essentially what discipleship means to be like christ Mm. and it's impossible for christ to leave his own father to leave his own heavenly family and give his life everything that he had for us and us not mimic that while at the same time being a disciple of Jesus Christ, right? Mm -hmm. In -hmm. other words, when He sets an example for us and we don't follow that, there's automatically tension there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to get to the point where, uh, you know, in Philippians it says, thought it not robbery, or in a different translation it says, it wasn't something to be grasped. Mm -hmm. So if, if we're not at the point where we're willing to say, my family, even my very own life, is not something that I'm willing to hold on to, but I'm willing to hold on to the the uh, example of Jesus Christ, and it's impossible for us mm-hmm. to be a disciple of Jesus while we are not like him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the first point that's being made.
0: Okay, okay. here let's go to the second phrase there in, in verse twenty-seven. Uh, Bearing Jesus's cross cannot be my disciple. What? What is that? What, how, what is Jesus talking about there? Verse
1: twenty-seven. Um, so verse 27 whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. You're reading text to you some more time. <laughs> yes, That's <I> cool. <laughs> oh, Israel. It's dealing with the <laughs> okay.
3: it's dealing with the issue of suffering. You know, the mm-hmm. first has to do it with is. value. Mm-hmm. Second one is dealing with suffering. Mm-hmm. And this is, it, it goes back not just to suffering but the amount of suffering that we're willing to do. This is humiliation. This is suffering mm-hmm. to the greatest mm-hmm. extent. Mm-hmm. Suffering that is so harsh and so radical that it causes separation from God, Mm -hmm. uh, from God the Father, the separation between Jesus and, and, and the Father. And so Jesus is saying, unless you're willing to have that, the discipline of suffering, then it's impossible to be the disciple of Jesus Christ. It has to do with the philosophy of His kingdom.
0: I wonder if, if Christ, when He's saying, He's also maybe even foreshadowing that He was going to bear a cross and talking about His own suffering and you know, giving a, a prophetic element and, as well as the principles of discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, Callie, let's go to the third one. It says, verse 33, uh, "...whoever of you does not forsake all." What, what is that talking about? You cannot be my disciple.
2: Yeah, so that's really just saying there can be nothing in your life that is off-limits to God. Mm -hmm. Being a disciple of Christ isn't like, here, Jesus, you can have 75% of my life, or you can have this spiritual sliver I I partitioned off for you, you're welcome— Jesus is saying, listen, there can be nothing outside of my reach in your life that mm-hmm. you are either entirely a disciple of Christ or not one at
3: all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it also has to do with this, the, the forsaking our entire identity mm-hmm. too, as well, mm-hmm. you know, which is what Sequel mm-hmm. pointed out earlier. That's the one possession actually that we hold dearest to us, right? We are willing to protect that no matter what. And Jesus says, you got to forsake your identity too, then. If you're going to be a disciple of Christ, you can't at the same time, be a fisher of men, while at the same time you're being a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And in the same in the same way, if if I'm going to be a disciple of Jesus, then I have to I have to leave behind the things that I hold dear, which which are so dear to me that I'm identified mm-hmm. by them.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a teenager, I used to fight with my parents. I would always go quote uh, verse twenty six to my parents. You know, and uh, <laughs> I, w- I wanted to hang out with my church friends, and they're you know they're church friends, so yeah. that's that's like church. So that's, that's God, right? So this is, this is spiritual. And my parents are like, no, we have to go home. Uh, and so they're like, no, verse 26, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother and wife, and so Jesus says it, uh, the Greek word actually there is to, to value less, to, to put second. So this is not active hatred for mother and father. Uh, I really see this, these, these three verses as 26. It's a, it's it, anyone that you know right? Verse 27, anything that you are, right? Your being. And then lastly, in verse 33, anything that you have. So, all you're knowing, all your being, on all you're having must all be calibrated to Jesus. And that is the beginning of Christian discipleship, which is a total uh, plunging into experience with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's either all or nothing. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's important for us to because we can't, we can't say that without forgetting the fact that this is nothing that Jesus Himself has not done. Mm. Totally, and because you know, when we read this, we're like, "What? Jesus this is too much. Like, you, you know, this is too crazy and this is unreasonable." But. Then Christ points to Philippians, like, do you know what I did for you? Mm-hmm. This is what I did for you times infinity. Mm-hmm.
0: How many of you out there have been overwhelmed with this kind of call for discipleship? This is our desire. And how many of you have been challenged? Are you a disciple of Jesus? Are you not a disciple of Jesus? Or you're in that category? You think you're in that, dis- in that you think you're a disciple of Jesus. And the reality is we can't even enter into a relationship with Jesus and a discipleship relationship with Jesus unless Jesus causes it to happen. And so that's our prayer. Hopefully, it's yours. Visit us at hope.tv.org/inverse for more episodes, or, or get our Bible study guides at inversebible.org. Hopefully, it's been a blessing for all of you. This conversation on Philippians two was a blessing personally for me, and a challenge not only be humble as a side attribute, but to take self-denial by the grace of God. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week here on Inverse.
1: This is inverse.